Thank you for tuning in to the podcast of our Wednesday night study entitled A Study of Prayer based on the book How to Pray by Ronnie Floyd. Since this is a discussion-based study, we have edited out the comments made by those in attendance due to the fact that they do not have a microphone. May you draw closer to God each day in your prayer life. Lesson number five is three keys to effective prayer. Key number two. All right, we're going to start here then. Tonight we're on lesson number five of how to be a powerful prayer. Uh, And as we look at these lessons, I'm thankful that we are learning some things, but also just rehearing some things that we need to remember, to be reminded of. Uh, While I'm studying this, uh, so much of this I already know, and yet the reminders are good. So that's where we are. Last week in our study of prayer, I introduced us through this book uh, written by Ronnie Floyd, uh, introduced us to three keys to an effective and powerful prayer life. And the three keys have become three lessons. So last week we had key number one, which is this. We must always pray according to God's will and God's word. If it, There's no use to pray about wanting an answer that's contrary to what you know the Bible says. If the Bible says it, that is God's will, period. So there's no use to pray and say, Lord, can I sidestep what your Bible says uh, and get an answer to my prayer that suits my will rather than your holy word? The answer will always be no. You may not. So we always pray according to God's will and God's word. Prayer's goal is really not to move God's will. The role of prayer, the goal of prayer, is to move us toward God's will. In understanding His will, understanding where we're to be within His will in that particular prayer need. So, prayer is never intended to change God. Prayer is intended, when needed, to change us, to find God's will and to know God's will. So, tonight, as we think about key number one, praying according to God's will and God's word, let's move on to the second key to powerful prayer. Uh, When we go to God's throne room in prayer, there is a key that brings us into His loving presence because God in particular loves this key. And the key is we always pray in the name of Jesus. We always pray in the name of His Son. Key number two to effective, powerful prayer is to always pray in Jesus' name. Uh, Today, at the inauguration, I I rarely go home to eat lunch, but today I went home, had lunch, and and I wanted to get there to hear the the inauguration of the president. But I stayed for the pastor who prayed the the benediction prayer. And it it was a beautiful prayer. But he ended the prayer in saying, I make my prayer in the collective names of God, pretty much is what he said. The word collective was there, which means if you're a Buddhist, I make my prayer in Buddha's name. Uh, If you're a Jehovah's Witness, you're not going to recognize the name of Jesus in my prayer. Uh, So to me, uh, the very last line of the prayer was the breakdown of the prayer because he did not pray in Jesus' name. 
uh, you know, I, I, and I will tell you this, and this is not a little pat on my back. This is just what I believe. Uh, when, when I was asked to pray for the, the big race in Richmond several years ago, race for the chase or chase for the whatever, because I'm not a NASCAR fan, but I got to pray at the beginning of the race. Uh, and, and, and when they asked me to pray, I just said, I, if, if you allow me to pray in Jesus' name, I'll do it. Uh, because I just believe that is a key to our prayers, because Jesus tells us so. That's what we're going to be reminded of tonight. In the Word, just before Jesus went to the cross to die for our sin, he had a deep conversation with his disciples, with his closest followers. And in John chapter 16, he tells his disciples that a powerful prayer life has somewhat of a code if you would like to call it that. If you want to turn with me in your Bible, go to John chapter 16, verses 23 and 24. Okay, John 16, Gospel of John, 23, 24, says this, And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whatsoever ye ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Hitherto ye have asked nothing in my name. Ask and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. So whenever we pray, according to the very direction and word of Jesus, powerful prayer will be made in his name. Uh, also, I want you to notice that Jesus said, you can ask the Father for anything. There is no prayer need that is too big and no prayer need that is too trivial that you cannot bring it to the Lord. Ask the Father for anyone, anything. There is no request too big or too small. But remember this. Prayer is really not an effort to sweet talk God into our will. Now, when we approach the Father, that's not our plan to sweet-talk Him. You know, now, when Carrie Joy approaches her Father, she can sweet-talk me into her will just by batting her eyes at me. But the Heavenly Father, when we go to God, we're not approaching Him as a buddy. We're not approaching God as the man upstairs. But rather, we're approaching the holiness, the King, the Lord, the Mighty, the sovereign God, and His will is going to be done. We're praying for His will. We're praying through His Son, Jesus the Christ. So while Jesus tells us to ask for anything, He's not giving us the assurance that if we ask for a mansion, that we're going to go back to our lot and there's going to be one under construction. If we ask for a million dollars to show up in the mailbox tomorrow, it's highly likely that will not happen. Because we're not sweet-talking God into our will. So the, now the word ask, when Jesus said ask of the Father, the Greek word for ask is erotao. And it means to request, to entreat, uh, to make a, a desire known. That we talk to God making our desires known to Him. But again, submitting our desires to his will, to his answer, to his leadership. So this Greek word pictures a request being made not to our buddy, uh, not to the guy who lives upstairs, but to the king, 
the one who is superior to us, and the one whose knowledge is greater than ours, and the one who can look down the line of, of, of uh, the future and know the best way to answer our prayer, not just for the short-term goal, but for the long-term effect. So we're not asking God to be our buddy. We're approaching Him as the King, making our desires known to Him. Here's what Ronnie Floyd says in the book about prayer. He said, he said you simply cannot yank His chain and name it and claim it. That's not going to happen. We live under His divine authority, and we bring our requests knowing that He will decide rightly what we need, not just in the short term, but also in the long term. Sometimes I have a hard time keeping that in mind. I want my short-term goal met. But God says, I will meet your short-term goal in the right way, but it's going to be effective in the long term. It's going to be right in the long term. Sometimes a short-term answer could be wrong in the long term if I were to make that decision. But it will always be right when God makes the decision. So let's look at the reasons why we should pray in Jesus' name. There are three reasons why we pray in Jesus' name. First, we pray in Jesus' name because it is the gateway to God. Jesus' name is the entry point into the presence of God. Jesus is the one who makes God approachable. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 15, he is called the mediator. He is the one that we go to in coming to God. He's the one who stands between us and the mighty God the Father, the mediator, the one who makes it possible for us to come to the throne of God. Um, we, we, we have to know this. We do not approach our holy God on our name. We do not approach our holy God on our abilities. But rather, uh, we approach Him in His sovereignty. Write this reference down. Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 13, and it says this. Speaking of God, now the prophet Habakkuk, speaking of God, Thou art of power, I'm sorry, let me try it again, I'm reading my own writing here. Thou art of purer eyes than to behold evil, and cannot look on our iniquity. Thou art of purer eyes than to behold evil, and cannot look on our iniquity. Well, all of us know that even though we are saved through Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior who went to the cross for us, we still deal with sin. We still deal with iniquity in our lives. And Habakkuk says, God can't even look on iniquity, on sinfulness. God cannot look on sin, and it's that simple. Therefore, God cannot accommodate unforgiven sinners in His presence and... Furthermore, we only approach God Almighty through the holiness and perfection and forgiveness of His Son, Jesus. Even when we are believers, we need to come through the mediator, Jesus, because He's the one that makes it possible. Ernie? Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 13. Yes, sir. 
So Jesus is the one who makes it possible for us to approach God as clean and sinless. We cannot come there on our own. He is the one who allows us to come as clean because we're coming through Him and through His cross as our Savior, as a believer. John 14, 6, you know it well. No one comes to the Father but by me. Okay, you know that, that verse most of the time because Jesus is preceding that by saying, you know, I'm building for you a mansion in heaven and I'm coming back to get you. No one comes to the Father but by me. But I believe that verse also very much applies to prayer. You're not going to come to God the Father but by me, through me, the mediator, the high priest. So as we begin to pray, we can start with a statement like this. Lord God, I do not come before you in my own name or my own perfection. I come through my Savior and your Son, Jesus. He has given me the freedom to approach your throne of grace. I believe a, a prayer, as, we, as, as of course the Lord's Prayer teaches us, we acknowledge the holiness of God. And it's because of his burning holiness that we need to come to him through Jesus. He's the one who allows us to be clean and sinless as we come before God the Father. Okay, so that's the first key, the first, uh, the first reason. The second reason we pray in Jesus' name is, is that's given and it's given in this book, in this study, is this. And I, I, I like this thought. Never quite thought of it this way, but how true it is. Uh, prayer reminds the Father of His Son, Jesus. Prayer reminds the Father of His Son, Jesus. I've never quite thought of it that way. But, but as a parent, it kind of rings true. You know, when someone who's been out somewhere out on the town or in Charlottesville or Richmond and said, and, and they'll say, I, I ran into your son or I ran into your daughter. Uh, and, and I really enjoyed the conversation with them. As a father, I love hearing their name. I, I love being reminded that they're mine. In the same way, God the Father loves hearing his son's name. Uh, I think that's such an interesting point. God loves the name of Jesus. We know that because that's the name he gave when Jesus was coming to Bethlehem, when he approached Joseph and Mary, for both of them, God said, you will name this child Jesus. You will name this child by that name. That is God's name for him. So every time we mention Jesus' name in prayer, God is pleased. God loves to hear his son's name. Uh, he remembers creation because Jesus was right there with him according to the first chapter of John. He remembers the cross, how Jesus, in obedience to his will, went there that we might be saved. God knows that it is through his son that we are forgiven because his son was obedient to him. Uh, when we mention the name of Jesus, God is honored because Jesus is our high priest and he makes intercession for you and me in heaven. Uh, of course, God is still well-pleased in His Son. Uh, he expressed that at Jesus' baptism in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. And it is still His heart because of Jesus' obedience to the cross to take our sin away. God is well-pleased in His Son. 
and he loves to hear his name. Okay, here's the third reason we pray in Jesus' name. We use Jesus' name because it is the most powerful name in heaven and on earth. Uh, we should refer to Jesus often. Remember his words. Here's the reference. Mark, Mark chapter 8, verse 38 says, Whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. So Jesus tells us, don't you ever be ashamed of my name. Don't ever hide. Don't ever compromise the name of Jesus. Uh, and that comes from Jesus the Son himself. So when we come to God through Jesus, we have the authority to make our request known. When we pray through Jesus, we are submitting to the will of God because we have surrendered to Jesus as our Savior. Our whole prayer is built on surrender. Jesus surrendered in obedience to go to the cross. We surrender to him in forgiveness through his cross. So all of our prayers are built, uh, uh, the power of prayer is built on surrender. The surrender of our will to God's will. The surrender of saying, God, whatever your answer is, is the answer I want. So all the prayer is built on surrender. From Jesus' surrender to the cross to our surrender to him. Uh, and remember through the Lord's Prayer, Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, when God's kingdom comes, my will is not going to be done. The Father's will is going to be done. His will is going to be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray and surrender to that holy God through Jesus, His Son. Now, here's, here's a few closing thoughts before we go to that holy God in prayer. Uh, before, we pray, before we pray first, when we pray... Uh, this is the guidance of the book here as I've read it. Uh, and this makes sense to me too. And I thought, yeah, that's so true. We don't just pray in generalities. Uh, we don't just say, God, thank you for all you've done for me. But rather, God wants us to be specific with our prayers and, and with our praises and with our prayer needs being specific is central to prayer, especially in the area of praise. It's very easy for me. I'm not going to say anything about you because I don't know the, the gist of your prayer life. But it's very easy for me to start out a prayer and say, God, thank you for all you've done for me. Now let me get to the problem areas. Uh, but rather, we should be taking time in being specific about what we praise him for and how we praise him because his name is so holy. Be specific with the individual blessings that he gives us. It reminds me of the old hymn, Count Your Blessings, Name Them One by One. That's, a, that's, a, that's right on target, isn't it? Uh, we are to be specific. Another thought. When you have the opportunity to mention Jesus' name, take that opportunity in prayer and in public, where you are. Use the name of Jesus. It is the most powerful and the sweetest name of all the earth. Uh, and not only it's the sweetest name, it's also the name of authority. Uh, it is the name of heavenly authority earned through the cross and the resurrection. And God will be blessed 
And whenever we use the name of Jesus, God will bestow blessing on us and answers, his answers to our prayers through Jesus, his son. So two keys out of the three, powerful prayer. We pray according to the will of God, and we pray through Jesus' name. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you will join us on our next podcast.